Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is the third and final part of TV Retrovision's conversation with author, historian, and the world's foremost expert on Judy Garland, John Fricke. I think I speak for everyone when I say that this has been one heck of a ride and a fascinating look back at the Judy Garland show. Could she have ever come back to health again? Who knows? She was so, her system was so ravaged by all the years of not eating and of medication and... um, Lorna Smith said one night Judy was taken out to eat before the talk of the town show, and she came in bursting with so much energy. Because she had she food had in her that, system. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. A minor consideration, right? Anyway, so we slogged through all these years since of you know this reputation and that reputation and that rumor and that legend and that myth, and it's like, no, go back and and you know figure out the facts or find the facts because you've got to. Trouble is, you've got to slog through 30 different books to try to figure out what is accurate and what isn't. Now, uh, you can only go by my word. I realize that. But I think you've, you've spent enough hours listening to my impassioned recitation. Oh, no, John. I respect your opinion and your views. I mean, not just your opinion, but your knowledge. Uh, Thank you. No, absolutely. And what, what I'm struck with, though, it's amazing to me, is that what, when did she die? I'm sorry, 67, 68? June twenty second, nineteen sixty nine. Sixty nine. I'm I'm totally off. Sixty nine. Okay. Yeah. Sixty nine. But the thing that kills me is she had done, gone through all these triumphs of of these concerts and and the albums and the TV special with with uh, Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra. And if people had let, I know there's a whole you know there's a whole line of woulda shoulda coulda right, but if people had just let Judy Garland be Judy Garland. And do a TV show that she could be proud of that wasn't a constant battle on every front. You know, it wasn't that many years before she died. I have to think that if that triumph she had in the late 50s, early 60s had been allowed to just carry through without all the crap that she underwent. That's Freddie Fields and David Beagleman. That was the cash cow. We're going to milk her dry and then sell her for for hamburger. And they did. No question. Yes. Said it said, don't overwork her. Well, what now? She, you've got to be fair. She participated in this work schedule they developed for her, but she knew she had to get out of debt. She wanted to do something for her kids because she knew Vincent was doing nothing for Liza, Sid was doing nothing for Lorna and Joe. It was up to her to make the money, yes, to pay the back bills and to put something aside for the kids. So, plus, she was in love with David Beagleman. He had sold her the bill of. I keep using that phrase. Sorry. He okay. had he had Svengali'd her. Yeah, absolutely. And all the people who worked around them saw what David was doing. She, in time, Judy saw what he was doing. Right. But she was so. Again, she she was scared of going out and being Judy Garland, as as Barbara Streisand found it's difficult to do to be as good at 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, as you were at 16. Of you know? course. Um, but I, she was more scared of nobody loving her for herself. Right. And uh, when she behaved badly, 
because she had taken enough pills to stoke herself up to be herself or to calm herself or to sleep. Uh, I, again, it was... I have, fr- I have friends, uh, acquaintances, let's say, who knew her after she came out of uh, the Peter Ben Brigham Hospital in 19, August 1968, okay. July 1968, where she had gone again to get off medication. And she had. She was at the floor of medication again. And they said she was funny and she was bright and she was cogent and she was singing great. Because, again, she wasn't on all the stuff that... A year before her, her death, though. A year before Less her death. Less than a year. Right. Less than a Less year. Less than a year. And there's a there's an audio tape of her on YouTube, uh, November of 68, seven months before she dies, uh, singing four Harold Arlen songs at Lincoln Center. And it's an, from the audience tape. Mm-hmm. And she's got a lot of vibrato on The Man That Got Away, the first song. But then she settles in and she sings It's a New World, Get Happy and Over the Rainbow. And she sounds sensational. Right. There are TV appearances the last five years where she sounds like she gargled with Drano and sounds like <laughs> a million bucks. Right. You know, again, it's surround her with people who are, uh, you just had to surround her with people who were gentle. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and not, not saying, Judy, baby, come on, you can do this. And, um, you know. Well, that's the <laughs> thing. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll pick up the check, Judy. Right. <laughs> Meaning, we'll, we'll pick up your, your, your pay at the box office. Don't worry about it, yeah. kid. And she said, she said, she said, the show must go on. And she said, you can bet it was somebody holding the money who made up that one. Oh, you bet. <laughs> you bet. But she was someone, like you said, how she knew she had to get out of debt. And she was, she was a willing participant to a large degree. But what kills me is they know she's a willing participant. So every time she gave a little more, they took a little more. And they wanted a Absolutely. little more. And it's, a, it's so said, sad to watch that happen to somebody. Everybody said when, when the subject of the TV series came up, Sid said it, Norman Jewison, who had just done the Sinatra Martin special, everybody was saying, no, she should do four specials a year. Right. Judy Gar- Norman Jewison, great interview we did with him in uh, the 90s, who said, Judy Garland was an event. Judy Garland was a thoroughbred. You right. don't race a thoroughbred every week. There. <laughs> you know, I, he said, I've never seen talent abused like that. This is going to seem like a strange analogy, and I know it is. Back in 1983, there was a miniseries on NBC called V. It was a science fiction. Oh, thing. I remember you that. Remember v? Jane Badler. Yes. I went to Northwestern with her. Okay, there you go. The, the bosomy, the bosomy leader. Um, exactly. Eating the rat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was a huge pop culture event when it when it aired. Amen. I loved it. And then they turned around. And they did a sequel, a six-hour sequel called V, The Final Battle. And Ken Johnson, who created V, backed out because NBC was insisting he do it. they do it super quick and all this stuff and cheap and all that stuff. So he backed out. They do this miniseries. Then NBC has the brilliant idea of saying, and this is where it ties in, I think, let's do a weekly series. Yeah. And Ken Johnson contacts them. He goes, listen, he goes, you cannot support a thing of this scope on a weekly series. Let me do six two-hour movies a year. And it'll be great, and you'll have a thing that'll work for years to come. And then he said, no, 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 we have to have a TV series. And the TV series, of course, tanked big time, just killed the whole thing. It's just amazing. So I don't know if you I see that as an either. Oh, no, no, I remember that the TV series was a disappointment, yeah. but I remember that the original series, wow. Now, did the original series end with the balloons and the red no, dust? No, that's the second one. That's V the oh, Final that Battle. The that's how they well, defeated I, I the Well, I like the second yeah. one because it did tie things up, but yeah. it was very choppy in terms of continuity. Right. 
Right. Absolutely. No, the first one ends with uh, <laughs> the kids who are spray painting visitor paint posters. And right. the old and the old Rebellion. Jewish man says, no, do it like this. And he puts it in the V. And he looks at it and he yes. goes, tell your friends. <laughs> and he walks away. So, That's right. I do remember that yeah. now. I loved that. That was a I mean, great, great series. Oh, yeah. uh, the, the initial yeah. stuff anyway. Absolutely. Um, but that's my analogy to Judy. As crazy as that sounds. It's like, no, let's do a series. No, let's do six two-hour movies a year. No, let's do a series. And, of course, everything implodes with the series. Yeah, let's 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 have the goose lay golden eggs over and over and over, exactly. one after another. Just like and the goose, and then and then and uh, then we'll fatten her up and, and kill her. Um, well, yeah, and I'm no, I am I am no great knowledge of Judy Garland. I'm not going to pretend that I am. But the point is, I hear these stories, and I you know of course I've researched and read about this stuff. It's just heartbreaking to watch this woman be picked apart. Well, and, and again, all of the, the, for me, having loved her since age five, right. and then researched her from my, for my own pleasure from age six, and, or seven anyway, wow. and um, hearing, uh, coming to know the people who work with her, talking to them, inter- and again, how un- one thing I found when I interviewed these people, and I've, I've interviewed, you know, 30, 40, 50 people who knew her well, right. uh, they are always so grateful to be able to talk about her with somebody who is asking questions that aren't, oh, did you ever know Judy Garland, or did you ever make a movie? You know, again, right. no, I said to June Allison, that you met Judy on the corner of Wilshire and whatever <laughs> right. it was you know in what 1940. You're talking she, about. She yes. looked at me, and, and she, I, I, over and over, and I don't, I don't mean this in a, in a uh, bragging sort of way, but you could see it registering with these people, like, oh, he knows what he's talking about, I've got to tell the truth. Oh, absolutely. And, but again, they were so... 30 years after she was gone, they were so defensive and protective of her because they had seen what had happened, you know, some of what had happened to her reputation. Right. And it was like, no, we've, let's put this straight. You Absolutely. Know? And, um, and for a long time, you couldn't. You know, Sid Luft was still alive. Freddie and David were still alive. Minnelli was still alive. The last gay husbands were still alive. Right. Um, not that, and I think the last two husbands, Mickey, uh, Mark Heron, and Mickey Deans, did what they could for her, but they were ineffectual. You sure. know, they, she needed stronger people, more connected people. Um, yeah, but the stronger people always took advantage of her too. So it's thank like, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 that's... Again, and and she, you know, her her great, among her many many great gifts was her sensitivity and her vulnerability and the fact that she never had any kind of self-protection she could throw up in front of herself. Right. You always got Judy Garland neat, as it were. It was just the real thing, the whole thing. And um, it's like, I'm going to give you my heart and please give me yours back. Every every moment of her life, on stage and off. Right. And... Um, so often the it's people like, didn't reciprocate. <laughs> they just didn't oh, well, reciprocate. The, the audiences always did. Yes, the audience. Sure. You know, and and um, and her kids always. You know, the kids have such a good perspective on their mom. Yeah, uh, I, I give them that. It's like you know they saw her go through hell, but they were always there. And as Lorna has said, we always knew she loved us. We always knew if there were problems, it wasn't us. Right. And um, and we would just wait until she could be mama again. Yeah. And uh, anyway, this is uh, it, this was never supposed to become my life, but obviously it did. 
yeah. by dint of the research and by dint of being offered the chance to do the books and the documentaries and the CD booklets and uh, the DVD commentary tracks and yeah. all of it. But um, the worst things, John, than, than than being able to use what you love and what you appreciate so much and be able to make a life out of it yourself. Well, and that warrants it. Now, there's every bit of pop culture that deserves some kind of uh, preservation and sure. protection. But in the case of Judy Garland, I mean, as, as I've jokingly said, we're not talking about Connie Francis here. Right. We're talking about Judy Garland. And that's no slur to Connie, who entertains zillions of people. Right. But um, Connie Francis is not being discussed on this level, no. you know, 50-some years after the fact. And... Um, when your career includes the TV series and some of the, just a handful of the performances we've, we've referenced there, and the specials and the albums and four of the great musical movies, Oz, St. Louis, Easter Parade, and Star is Born. Right. And uh, that's, that's, a, that's a litany and a legacy. And what else can I tell you? Well, let me just you ask you this else? one thing. This is one thing. We yeah. talk we talk about the legacy of Judy Garland, and we talk about, like you said, the four musicals. And you go to some people, they'd say, oh, what's, what's her legacy? The Wizard of Oz, of course. Somewhere Over the Rainbow, of course. The concerts, the albums, whatever. But in her legacy, what is the legacy, do you think, of the TV show? Since the focus of this is the TV show, I'm curious what you think of stripping away everything else when you just look at that show. How important is that in the legacy of Judy Garland? I think I think that you can discover uh, summarize the t- the experience of the TV show at any point in the last since the 1980s. The TV show is a constant rediscovery. It is always coming up, and people are being floored at how good it is, and how timeless she is. Uh, the shows again, I, the shows varied in terms of being good or not, or mediocre. But she, you see her week after week after week, especially by the second and third and fourth show where she's learning to work the camera and work the studio audience and, you know, getting, getting, her, feet, getting her footing. Yeah. Um, they were, and it's like, well, I thought Judy Garland fell apart after The Wizard of Oz. It's funny, one of the thing, points I make when, when I lecture is that, okay, everybody knows Wizard of Oz. Then, and when she died in 1969, it was like Dorothy died, Dorothy died, Dorothy sure. died. Now, meanwhile, adults knew enough about her, uh, her, uh, and we teens knew enough about her, if we loved her, to know there was so much more there than Dorothy as of 1969. And that's what we held dear. In 1974, Jack Haley Jr. did the first That's Entertainment movie. And all of a sudden, everybody is thinking, oh, gosh, Judy, you know, it's Judy, Fred, and, and Gene Kelly in, in that picture for the most part. Yeah. Lots of other stuff, but they're the ones who stand out. And Judy gets two segments, one of her stuff with Mickey Rooney and one on her own. And um, everybody's thinking, oh, it wasn't Wizard of Oz. It was also Meet Me in St. Louis and, and Dear Mr. Gable and Get Happy and um, all of those all of those movies with Nicky Rooney and you know all those clips one after another look for this whatever I forget which ones are all in there now but Atchison Topeka you know just wow Judy Garland Judy Garland Judy Garland and uh, so in 1974 all of a sudden there was this mass public realization that no it didn't end when she was 16 it probably ended when she was 28 when she left MGM that's when that's when she never did anything good again so that was that was 1974 1983, Ron Haver 
restores A Star is Born with the missing musical numbers and right. as much of the scenes as he can find. Huge national press, you know, sold out at Radio City, sold out at the Academy, sold out in benefit screenings, nation, you know, rebooking it into theaters. Everybody, God, Judy Garland, the star is born. Wow, yes, yeah, she sang and did comedy and everything at MGM, but she's an actress in this, and look at her. So, wow, up to 19, I guess it must be 1954 when everything fell apart. <laughs> That's when it and stopped, she didn't right? Do anything after that. <laughs> A year later, or two years later, 1985, uh, the PBS series Great Performances did a 90-minute special called Judy Garland, The Concert Years. And that was my first uh, professional Judy Garland association. Okay. I was hired as the creative consultant on that show, uh, uh, produced by this wonderful team who did the Astaire specials, the Spencer Tracy special, uh, Johnny Carson, uh, Kate Hepburn, Kate Hepburn on her own, Kate Hepburn on Tracy, you know, uh, Joan Kramer with a K, and David Healy, H-E-E-L-E-Y, won countless Emmys, you know, all through that era for doing these shows. And it was their idea to do Judy, and they had gone to Sid and said, we want the rights to, the, to excerpt the series and whatever else you have, and he recommended me. I had worked for him for a year and a half in 1980 and 81 took me years to pay off that debt, but that's another full sign up. Uh, <laughs> Great. Yeah, I got out after a year. Judy wasn't that smart. Yeah. Um, anyway, the um, they put this show, we put this show together, and we interviewed uh, Mort Lindsay, Bill Colloran, um, gosh, Tony Bennett, Alan King, Melissa Manchester, who was a diehard fan. Uh, we got great. I wrote the questions uh, for them to ask these people because I knew what stories we wanted to hear, um, and we put it together. And the, the ninety-minute show it wasn't a documentary and it wasn't a biography. It was, and Lorna hosted it because she had done such a good on-camera interview. They decided, why don't we just junk that and have her MC it because we didn't have an MC. Um, <clears throat> so Lorna MC'd it. And in the 90 minutes, besides the uh, talking heads and uh, a couple of movie clips to kind of set up the history, in the 90 minutes there were 16 complete songs and excerpts from 16 others. Wow. And this was all TV material, the specials and the series. And it was Old Man River and Battle Him and As Long As He Needs Me. It was Smile from The Ed Sullivan Show. It was Judy and Barbara, Judy and Ethel, Judy and Peggy. Uh, Peggy Lee, Judy uh, and Lena Horne, um, Judy and Bob Newhart doing their comedy bit. I mean, all of a sudden, there was this revelation to people. And that show went through the ceiling for PBS. It brought in so much money. And they pledged oh, wow, that's great. Showing, you know, oh, coast to coast, people falling down. Uh, I forget which paper called it a towering posthumous um, triumph. And again, all of a sudden, and we'd gone for, to the MGM years, and that's entertainment. A Star is Born with A Star is Born. And now all of a sudden, it was like, my God, Judy Garland was still kicking it in the 1960s. Yeah. And um, so, again, that, it's the process of rediscovery, because, again, you could always see the movies. You know, the MGM movies, that's entertainment, the entertainment made them classics, and they have come back again and again, and there's been home video. Same for Star is Born, same for cable TV, TCM. But the TV shows, you know, were not that, were not accessible. There was so much argument about who owned them and who had the rights and this, that, and the other thing. And this went on, it goes on to this day. 
but um, the bottom line is that there they were on the concert years special, and that was on home video and was reshown many times over the years. And then uh, 15, you know, less than 15 years later, Pioneer is putting out all the shows with outtakes, with commentary tracks, with uh, alternate takes on beautiful two DVD box sets of all 26 shows plus everything else I mentioned. Right. And, um, and then YouTube, which uh, does, uh, you know, the, the, <laughs> the po- things people post on YouTube vary in terms of how much they know about what they say when they put them up there. But the, the quality of the performances doesn't. Right. And you'll always have somebody who's willing to say, oh, she's really wired here, or she's really drunk. Or, and it's like, no, they're, oh, they're, they're writing about what they've read, yeah. not, and they're seeing what they want. So I have people saying, when they look at Judy's first film with the Gum Sisters when she's seven, it's like, oh, you can tell she's really wired here already. <laughs> oh, my like, God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is what we're up against. But, um, again, it's, it's I, I think, rediscovery is the word for the TV series. The rediscovery that Judy Garland, not only was she not falling down in all those films from 1936, the first feature film, to 1963, the last feature film, uh, she was kicking it on her own show. Yeah, and whatever may have been wrong with a certain episode, you know, Judy Garland and the Dillards, wonderful, uh, and Leo DeRocher and um, and some of the other worthies. I can't think of them now. Lucky for you, but <laughs> they were there. Right. Um, it it just uh, the Kirby Stone Four come to mind um, as I as I see you looking into the distance, saying. Who is he talking about? Um, yeah, that one I don't know. I know a lot of them, but I don't know that one. Yeah, oh, no, I realize, I realize yeah. that you do. The Brothers Castro, um, Jerry Van Dyke, like I said, a litany of, of wonders. But <laughs> yeah. she, you know, she is so good and so real. And I think, again, that works in her favor now because she wasn't, you know, polished and smooth. She's polished and smooth as a great entertainer is she polished and smooth as a tv hostess is she as you know down home as dinah shore or polly bergen or any of those women who had tv series shows no she's judy garland you don't need it as you said you don't need anything else in its own way the judy garland show is the story of television's most successful failure and we're happy to have been able to explore it with john fricky But we'd be even happier if you'd subscribe to this podcast, tell your friends about us, and give us a five-star review. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.